You're listening to The Weekly Brew with Austin Stepp, Jeremy Paxton, and Hunter Atkins. It's time to sit back, relax, and be informed. Welcome to the Major League Baseball postseason podcast for The Weekly Brew. My name's Austin Staten, alongside the Brain Trust. That's Derek Fogel, Hunter Atkins. We are at a construction site or some bar. We don't know. It's Kirby Ice House. If you hear music, if you hear horns honking, whatever. That's how hot our hot takes are. We've right. actually destroyed buildings and sidewalks. <laughs> All right, Derek, how's it going? It's been Doing a while. Well, yeah, it's been a while. When was the last time I was on here? I feel like it was April. When was We're the last done. time you even had one of these? Last week. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shows how much you paid attention. You were on it, too. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. No, it's good. It's been a while. I think I think last time you and I were at Kirby Ice House, you were confused for a forty-year-old. Was that right? Uh, I, they said I was thirty-four. That's what they guessed, and at the time I was twenty-five. And, and, and be more specific on May. Was it the waitress that it had was, the hot for you? It was the waitress that you wanted me to ask out that I felt was not aware. No, no, no. I said she wanted to ask you out. Okay, that's also possible. <laughs> then um, you really put the icing on the cake when you told her that uh, he was Jared's. Fogel's cousin. That, that was that was the deal breaker for her. Totally um, yeah, false. Yeah, you lean and you say, hey, you ever heard of the Fogel legacy? No. <laughs> absolutely not. Completely <laughs> false. 100% actual fake news. But she, we, I said I would ask her out if she could guess within like five years of my age. And yeah. sure enough, she missed it by she, nearly she, a decade. She was not in the right decade. But, <laughs> she, you know, I, I think... If part, it were the case, though, you would look amazing for 40. I, I think Thank part you. of that was that she wanted you to be that age because that's how old she was. Okay, yeah. I don't That's, know. No, I believe thoughts. that. Yeah. But anyways, we officially have no female listeners left. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend doesn't even listen anymore. You have so. a girlfriend? <laughs> you knew this. Man. I knew this. It has been I really was out of it that last podcast. <laughs> All right, so postseason is here. Uh, we're done with the 162 game, 163 game. By the way, that sound in the background, <laughs> that's me backing up my really huge hot take. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it on the I'm picking uh, on the Mets show. Blue Jays World Series. Mets, Mets Blue Jays, that's a bold take. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, but, all right, so we had the uh, the play-in games uh, on Monday. We had the uh, the wild card game between the Rockies and the, and the Cubs uh, Tuesday night. Didn't go the way you wanted, Derek. Uh, you, had a, you were rooting for a team? Well, no. that's. A, I mean, sure, I'm from Chicago. My parents live seven blocks from Wrigley. I, w- I would have liked to have seen them win, but the thing is, I think that the Rockies, I said this um, weeks ago, actually, just on the air on 610, that the Rockies would be the most exciting team to watch in October if they got hot when you just look at their lineup and if you look at their bullpen, which has kind of been a disaster. Like, if they got hot, like, they would be really exciting to watch. So well, I'm Their not bullpen had, the lo- I think, the third lowest ERA in September. I'm just putting that out there. So they, their bullpen has been really hot, actually. And they blew, like, I, somewhere around, like, 14 saves or something, though. They were a disaster for a while. But their lineup, like, Cargo Story, Holiday, Blackman, Arenado, that's exciting. I'm missing someone. I said oh, right. LeMahieu. thank you. There's a good one. Even Ionetta, Ian Desmond. Like, why had not? a big game last night. Yeah, why not? I think that would be. I think that is going to be a really exciting team. Yeah, but, but what about that series or that that one game playoff? Uh, you know, in itself. I mean, it was it was a pitcher's duel, a low scoring game, when 13 innings. Hold on, hold on. Let's just don't want to hear us like rehash this game. I want to get to the to the no, fun uh, part. I, I was I was gonna say. Okay, okay. You know, but you had Derek before we started recording. You were talking about. Uh, the Cubs and Joe Madden specifically mismanaging the, the game. The king of overmanaging. Yeah, I know that. But why, why? Why do we see that in the playoffs? We have to get used to it because we don't see it in the regular season. But I mean, when it comes to the playoffs, like everyone feels the need to pull the trigger way too soon, or possibly on a guy that seems like analytically would be the great decision in a moment. Like Joe Madden went to Kyle Hendricks late in the game last night, and and we talked about before we turned on the podcast was why in the world are you bringing in a guy that sits in the upper 80s in the 12th or 13th inning. Late in the game, you, you need, need velocity, breath. period. Cole yeah. Hamels knew that. He was bumping 94-95. He sits casually 90-93 to 93 in his starts. He knew he had to have a little extra, knew it was probably only for an inning or two. That is what you do late in the game. You don't bring in someone that slows down the game again. What happened? They string together three straight singles. That's what happened when you slow, when you slow down the game. When it's, when it's fast, when you have... High velocity guys, what do you have to do? You have to turn on it and make a home run happen. That wasn't going to happen last night. And so I think that was a horrible decision by Joe Madden, among others that he made. And then there's just constant mistakes in just small ball that were just kept happening that this is just part of the playoffs that you have to get used to is like 
you have to be thinking ahead. Just a small example from last night, Chris Bryant, and I know I'm sorry this is way off and this is like a tangent from what you initially asked, but Chris Bryant, to get the third out, um, tried to go, It was I think it was first and second, tried to go to second for the out, but it was a full count and two outs, and he should have known that with the first baseman not holding him on, that he was going to have too good of a jump right. that the throw needed to go across. He fell asleep and then made Cole Hamels, I think, throw another pitch, and they ended up getting out of it. But little things like that, you got to be paying attention. The Cubs made a ton of mistakes like that. Even MLB Replay couldn't even get it right. Well, yeah, speaking of MLB Replay, I mean, they blew a call in the game last how night. You, they blew two calls against the Astros this year. I mean, is that going to be a storyline in the playoffs? It's hard for it not to be. I mean, they, they blew a call last Which night. Which call last night? It was a play at second, second base. base. He was clearly safe for the Rockies, and they gave the out to the Cubs that ended the inning. And, and it would have been and, first and third with yeah. two outs. And there's almost like no accountability either in Major League Baseball because, you know, in, in basketball, they, they address to the scores table what happened. In the NFL, they come over on the overcome and say, okay, it was either confirmed what we found was this. Major League Baseball, like, there's no statements from the MLB officials. No, it's embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a poll reporter sent to their, you know, locker room after the game, but. Either way, I there's think. There's no accountability. All things that you just have to get used to for October. The decisions that look wrong and that you, they either go right and you look like a genius because they're analytically driven or they go completely against common sense and you pay for it. Yeah. How, do you, feel, how do you feel when A.J. Hinch does things like that? I mean, do you, do you think he overmanages? He does less of it, I think. Um, than Madden. Madden right. would be the t- tip of the spear. Madden As did you're it. shaking your head. No yeah. one can see, but you're just like... Yeah, Madden did it in the World Series and got away with it. Right. They should have lost as a result of that. Yes. Quite frankly, yes. So then when Um, it comes to Hinch, what's your opinion of him? No, I think he does okay. I think sometimes his, which this is why the players love him, is his trust in them, his belief in them, the confidence he instills comes out. Uh, I think that's where it sometimes can bite him, like his unwavering confidence in Hector Rondon. That will bite you. That is not an arm that you should trust. Even last season, just quickly, in the the DS against the Red Sox, he put in Justin Verlander, I believe, in Game 4 against Benatendi when Benatendi was the only guy that had squared him up or put, like, the best at-bats against him. But Hintz just straight up said, I trust Verlander over Benatendi. And would you agree with that? Sure. Benatendi's a young bat, Verlander the experienced guy. But, like, he put together good at-bats. He was on the fastball. He had to beat him with a changeup, which hardly throws like just little things like that where you think okay i don't love it but you know faith in this guy and then you're talking about well benetton hit a slider for that home run i think right i'm, I'm talking the, just the way they got him out was okay. a change up like there's just little things like that where he just straight up is but going pure confidence yeah, in guys which is a you, little you uncomfortable talk about trusting the guys and he did that a lot in the world series especially with uh george springer who struggled immensely the first you know game and then uh, game two, game three, he started to turn around, ultimately wins the, uh, the MVP of the World Series. This year, is he going to have that same kind of faith in a guy like Carlos Correa, who struggled the last month and a half of the season? Or is he maybe going to keep him on a shorter hook? Guy hit a home run he in, did. Uh, last weekend of the, uh, the season. He did. But at the same time, he's going against one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going against Corey. So Correa struggles low and away. He's batting like. 150 maybe in uh, thank you he's batting 150 I just gave Derek a kiss on the cheek yeah that was (laughs) it Uh, 150 or something since returning he I mean think about how Corey Kluber makes a living he throws three pitches out of that low and away window fastball cut fastball slider alright alright so he can't hit Corey Kluber that's one guy well, how do you think Carrasco throws? How do you think Clevenger's going to throw? How do you think... Bauer? Yeah, how do you think they're going to attack him? How do, how do they use Bauer? They use well, him as the fourth guy or the bullpen? It seems like they're going to use him out of the bullpen, but kind of that's their McCullers yeah. in a way. And then they were thinking maybe Bieber uh, to start instead of Bauer. So. Possibly. It depends. On, well, Francona said it depends on how the series unfolds, who they'll start game four. Yeah. But, you know... So I was actually I was wondering if you would get into the idea of overmanaging and Hinch because you know, these managers now treat playoff games like football games where even if there is a tomorrow, it is all about to win, win today, today yeah. right? So yeah, there there seems to be for better or for worse no planning that goes into the games you don't know if you'll be playing. You know what I'm saying? It's all about game one, and 
you know, if Francona has to use Bauer in game one and game two for whatever it is, maybe, you know, an inning or two in each, and then give Bauer a day off on the, on the day off that they're gonna, everybody's going to have on Sunday, well, why couldn't we see somebody like Bauer in all three games? I, for real, I, the, the guy's got, you know, throws a lot of pitches, right? Like, I was going to say he's got good stamina. I don't necessarily mean that in terms of the amount of innings that Trevor, Trevor Bauer can throw, but we've seen his pitch counts get pretty high. He's, he's, he's not, you know... I could easily see him throwing, you know, an inning to two innings in all three of the first games. That, that to me, is kind of fascinating because Bauer, prior to the injury, was a Cy Young Absolutely. He was candidate. awesome. And now you see him as sort of this, like, high-leverage guy coming out of the bullpen. But that, that that's playoff baseball where you put a little bit more value on, uh, you know, the relievers. And they're, the they're starters bullpen. going five, maybe six innings max. Well, that and also in the specific instance of the Cleveland Indians bullpen, a lot of people don't know. Their bullpen they struggle is, this year. Well, yes and no. First so, half of so the year. They fought injuries. But since July 1st, the Indians actually, their bullpen is in the top five, might be top three. I, have to get, I can't get exactly right right now, but they're in the top five or top three in terms of strikeout percentage. So the, the truth is they're actually, I was going to actually make the argument their bullpen is more underrated than you think. It's not as deep as it was the last time around right. uh, when they got embarrassed by the Yankees last year. But their bullpen is actually much more effective than you realize. Well, Especially now that you're going to add Bauer to it and maybe Bieber. Suddenly, it's actually a really good bullpen. I when think. I think of their bullpen, I think of the one bad bullpen game for the Astros, actually. Because it was a bull, it turned into a bullpen game, and the Astros ended up blowing. I think it was Peacock. It was like five yeah. runs. Wait, which one are you talking about? Which game against the Indians this year? Oh, oh, oh. this was a while ago. Yeah. I mean, like May. May. Okay. But that's the one thing I think of is okay. The Astros bullpen kind of got outdueled. That was a Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer start where neither of them made it. At the same time, complete. I yeah, don't think. I, I get what you're saying about the bullpen being outdueled, but the Astros bullpen is light years ahead of where they are. Oh yeah. I mean, now with like Presley, you know, absolutely it's a, tearing it's, it up. You think about the bullpen, Smith they, has looked better. Osuna. It's all. It's also. How about just the notion that it's almost an entirely new bullpen than they had last season? Yep. Isn't that remarkable? That, with the exception of Lance McCullers, where you, Austin's looking at his phone with a certain panic in his no, we're eyes. We're good. We're good. Okay. Is that? Wait. Is that your girlfriend? No, it's breaking news. Breaking news on the podcast. No, no, no. I mean, by the time you listen to it, it's not breaking news. Wow, Raider. It's about Kavanaugh. We don't need a. No, we're not going there. Just tell me off mic, really quick. Polygraph. Bless you, Ford. Wow. She might have lied under oath. Oh, boy. According to Politico. Back up that truck again. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to um, say that. With the exception of Lance McCullers and. Lance McCullers. Who else is in this bullpen that was in the bullpen last season? Lance McCullers, Colin McHugh. Colin McHugh was only in for two series. He was not in the DS, I don't think. So it's kind of remarkable it's that they've been different. able to revamp completely the yeah. entire bullpen. I don't trust one person in that bullpen specifically in Hector Rondon. Can I just make my peace with this real quick? You, you've, been last time you've been saying that all were, year. Yes. Yeah, last yeah. time Austin and I were taping a pod, we kept saying how, oh, we wish Derek was here. We wish Derek was here. Yeah, please unload your lava of vitriol. Okay. We, want, we want truth bombs. Just look at him just how he throws number one his velocity is always going to bail him out let's just start with that that prefaces everything but look at how he throws center cut on the rubber straight down the mound drop and drive he's a six foot six guy doesn't even use his leverage to drive the ball down to the zone create sink create run anything even then consider how he throws now he's starting in center cut in the rubber drop and drive straight down the mound not stepping anywhere creating any angle and then he gets his body out of the way of his arm so it just comes out like center cut, rubber, like belt high. Sorry, belt high. And it's just flat. It's not changing planes. It makes it easy to recognize off speed because it tends to pop out of your hand. Like I would, and, and the thing is, he gets away with it because he's 97 plus. He's fool's gold, though, when it comes to relievers. Like the Cubs realized it. The Astros, I don't know if they realized it, but, you know, A.J. Hinch is very complimentary of him. And of course, he has to be. But, but Hinch knows. Hinch knows I think that. you have to realize that, I mean, and, you know, he struggled recently. He's blown, what, like six his, his saves? September, like, his numbers in September were atrocious. Yeah, like six saves, five losses, and the Cubs, he did this to the Cubs last year. Like, know what he is. Like, he's just a velocity guy that doesn't have great secondary stuff. Like, he's going to get hit. When you show up only with a fastball against the best hitters in the playoffs, like, that's not going to bail you out. Like, 
I, there's nothing that he particularly does that so, well. So where does he sit in the bullpen? Like, Who cares? Who cares? Hold on a second. I'm gonna let me counter this. I think that Hinch. Well, we, we got the truck backing up, so I, I feel a hot take coming on. Is that right? Is that right? Well, yeah. and hang on. No, this, this is real a quick. sensible take. He has the most batted balls over 95 miles an hour. He has the most misses in the center of the plate because he doesn't pick a side to throw from. Like, say what you want about Ken Giles. At least he created angle to the plate by starting on the third base side of the rubber and coming across his body. Like, that 99 is a lot harder to pick up than Hector Rondones because he takes away all of his leverage being a 6'6 guy and dropping and driving down the mound. All right, so we all know that using Hector Rondon is precarious. I think Hinch knows that, too. I do think Rondon will be minimized. They have so many options on right. who to go to, and even in, the, in a world where there is overmanaging, you could pick from 10 different guys but now. Consider the MO of the Astros, though. Like, what do they do with Presley? What have they told him to do? What have they told everyone to do? They throw the highest percentage of breaking balls. What does Hector Rondon not have? I get it. So they're no, not going to use him. So they're yeah. not going to use him. All right. I'm just You'll see you. Hector Rondon in a game where, you know, it's a blowout or whatever. That's you where know? I would use him. You'll see him. Let's say, like, if the Astros are down by two runs in the ninth inning, maybe Hector Rondon comes in. You know, to clean up the nuts. So, yeah. I mean, right. let's let's talk about that. You know, game one Monday or game one is Friday, starting at one o'clock uh, at Minute Maid Park here in Houston. Uh, no, one, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. it's at two p.m. It's one o five. One, one o five. Excuse me, everybody. Don't, two, three, don't show three, up seven. to the press box at two o'clock. <laughs> you don't work for the athletic. You actually do have to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Well, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this series on paper, right? I mean, throw wins and losses aside, these teams are very evenly matched, right? I, I, I think they, they they're very of, similar too. They mirror I, each oh, other. Man. I, I mean, the quickly. starting rotation. Yes, the rotations. These. This is going to be. I wish this was the ALCS. It's yeah, that good Derek, you're going to be too messing for it, like it a was, week. It was kind of interesting. So that, that means erect. I, I, I know. know I know. I just it. took a shot at the athletic, but the athletic this morning had their baseball preview out with like Ken Rosenthal, Jay Stark, all, you know, all these guys. Who are they? Uh, no names. Uh, <laughs> but their predictions, I believe a majority of them picked the Indians to win this series in five. Which I, I was a little surprised. Uh, but a lot of it pointed to the rotation and the consistency of the rotation. Because, you know, with Morton, uh, you know, not necessarily certain on But you don't status, need a fourth Ka- starter in the first round. I know, round. but having Keiko going number three and then struggling as he has he recently. He's been good. I, 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 I was a little He's surprised. He's cooled off a little bit. He was really hot for a while. He's cooled off a little bit. That's and your guy. Yeah. It is. You know, it's tough for him, though. I, I think just because it's, you know, he pitches the contact so much, the you know, wherever the cards may fall. But I think he's probably better outside in Cleveland, I think that's a good decision. Rather oh, than rather than oh, sending having Cole there just because he's pitching to contact, he needs a big ballpark. That's a that's a more of a pitcher's ballpark than Minute Maid is or it never will be. So I I think that's a good decision because I know I think some people were thinking like oh we got to do Keiko because you want Cole to open up in Cleveland, but eh, take the first two. That, that's what you're most confident with, and then give Keiko the biggest ballpark you can throw in. Also, Kluber, as outstanding as as he is on mass, the guy's been you know beaten in the playoffs however many times. I mean, uh, last I mean, year, yeah, not just last year, and Against um, the Cubs. no, and uh, yeah, I was gonna ago. say, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's like he hasn't been a great postseason pitcher. So, uh, and it, it could just be because he can't beat the Yankees for whatever reason. But when it comes to him versus Verlander, like what? Why would anybody think that that's not going to be a great matchup, or that it's not oh, going to be, be, or that, or but also that you know the Astros aren't? I think the Astros should be favored in Game One. Uh, Verlander's approach they, is. Uh, going I mean, to be I mean really Vegas, Vegas wise. Why right do at. you say that? Well, we know what he does. You know, he's all about elevating the fastball to set up the off speed. But I mean, the the Indians know how to ambush. You have three guys between um, Ramirez, Lindor, and Encarnacion that all have thirty pops apiece. You know, so. They know to jump on it. I just, I'm curious if he's going to mix it up earlier, like change his MO in a way. Because the scouting report, we know what they say at this point. So he would be someone that would be smart enough to say, okay, this is what we've been doing. This is what they expect me to do. I'm going to flip the script and really change it here. I'm, you know, that, and that's something that's small and that he instinctually will have to feel out quickly because you can still get quick outs that way, right? Like they can be guessing on the fastball and guessing right, and you might just get them to pop out. But if the, you know, if they're getting them to land, which it sounds so silly, like, oh, this is a what if, or it's just based on if they're getting hits, but that's kind of the truth. Like, if they're having the luck, then you need to change your game plan. So I don't I, say, hold I don't, on, just to yeah. support that a little bit more. So Jose Ramirez is the best hitter in baseball against the fastball. 
right? So the biggest weapon for Justin Verlander and, and Garrett, Garrett Cole, Cole yeah. happens to be his favorite pitch. He destroys them more than anybody. He, against Verlander Lifetime, he's 11 for 27 with a more than 1,200 OPS. Yeah. So he does, he does handle That's Verlander insane. well. No, it I'm telling you, it's he's interesting. Had, however, he also, at the same time, he's had, he batted below 200 in September. He's been, he was, he's been awful lately. I'm, so. I'm telling you, this is a really, really compelling starting pitching matchup against either lineup. Like, think about even the way Kluber pitches like the way he just makes his money loan away to right-handers like you're gonna have to back them off the plate eventually especially for a guy like Altuve that can reach out into the other batter's box and make something happen like there's going to be like it's going to hit the fan for somebody like who blinks first it's it's really interesting I, wish I don't think it's was, gonna be Verlander I honestly wish we could see this for seven games because the Yankees don't have the rotation. Do they have the home runs? Yeah, cool. We, we can get to them a little I bit. Even, I don't even know that the Yankees get past the wild card against the A's. Which is tonight. The yeah. A's are built to win a singular game. Not three <laughs> or four. But they can they can win one game. No, I mean, just do Johnny Holstaff. Yeah, that's what they're, they're going to do. The opener, they're yeah. going to have a starter for four or five. And then they're going to go straight to the guys that pony up 100 miles an hour. All right, well, sink. listen. By the time people hear this, that game will have already happened. Hey, yeah, hold so. on. I've never seen your eyes light, I know, light up, up as like much. No, the, no this, you, know what, you, know when, you know when they did? Whatever Derek uh, used to speak about Joe Kelly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're smiling so He's starting to turn a little bit red now. He it's knows. so we, disappointing. We spot. He, it's so disappointing that he hasn't been better for what he has. For being I, just a total stallion? Yes. I mean, he's a Clydesdale. 102. <laughs> and then he what just do you, what he do you doesn't think about Josh James? I mean, gassing it up there, 101. <sighs> clean. <laughs> clean, 100 miles an hour. Just, like, strong body. Hides it well. Like... Drop and drive a little bit, but he still manages to get on top of the ball better. Ladies, if you want to get to Derek's heart, you got to throw 100 with a clean motion. (laughs) I mean, like, it's it's an effortless. He just knows that he can get his arm speed going with his lower half, a lot like Charlie Morton. Kind of the lever, the hinge guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you mean by the hinge. Um,. This could be good pod. It's, oh, this is so hard to explain. Look at, just look at the way Justin Verlander throws. It's very coached. Right. Right, like he snaps the ball down. Right, right, right. Out of, out of There's a glove. rigidity to it. Right, like the – this is so hard to explain with words. I could show you. I can't we do aren't a video podcast. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, move on. Move yeah. on. Well, but, uh, speaking of Josh James, I think he will be, you know, on the, we're talking about the fringe of the roster for the postseason, who will make it, who won't when, make when it. When are rosters announced? When do they have to be submitted? Is it Friday? Is it before? No, you don't have to do it till game day. I think they, st- didn't they say they were announcing it on Thursday? noon Thursday? Yeah. Okay. Or maybe. So by, by the time we you're. to Hinge at one. By the time you're listening to this podcast, rosters will probably be Should out be. there. I, I, what, I, think what, jo- what? I think Josh James is going to make it. And I think the How guys. How impressive that, is that to me? I mean, I mean he's, he's good. He's really good. Yeah. But, and also. Well, uh, what's special about his 100, just real quickly, is that he, has, he throws a changeup. That's what he backs right. it up with. So, right. like, it's not. It's a lot different trying to separate. Like, you're trying to recognize spin as a hitter. It's a lot more difficult to separate change-up spin from fastball spin. Like, it's easier to make mistakes with breaking balls because they can pop out of your hand. They can not have good tight spin. Like, you can spike it. You can hang it. With change-ups, there's a lot less error because it's harder spin to pick up. So even if it's not your tightest spin on your change-up, the speed change usually creates enough to throw off the hitter, whereas breaking balls, you can. it's easier to say no or it's easier to just, you know, make contact, I guess, because... I, I'm making sense. No, yeah, yeah, I don't know. No, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so to, 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 be, to, to be overly simplistic about it, the guy's got really good stuff that's extremely effective, and he can do it for multiple innings out of the bullpen. That was better. I liked what you said better. Well, yeah, but you gave <laughs> you gave the why. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's going to be extremely valuable in starts where, look, if, if for whatever reason a starter gets knocked out early, um, I think he's. I think he or Colin McHugh. I think are going to be the first to, to get called. No, I actually think before McCullers even, they're going to go to probably James. I, I really do. I think more, uh, James and uh, McHugh before, before him. And I, I wanted to also give a little bit of a eulogy for Brad Peacock, Will Harris, and Chris Devensky. You know, these three guys. Three all-stars. What? There were, what do you mean, three all-stars? Oh, they, mean, Brad Peacock made an all-star team? Did he not make it the all-star team last year? I thought he did. No. No. Okay, so three, no, he didn't. two, two all but, uh, but these are three guys that the Astros rode into the playoffs last year as part of their bullpen, along with Joe Musgrove, right? Like, 
And now, holy cow, they can't even make the roster. What? What happened? What happened? Oh, we're good. It's got a little leakage from the beer. Yeah. No, the water is cool. just kind of Well, you got to get your prostate checked in that case. We're good. Yeah, I, think, I think we're good. You want to put it on top of this? Yeah, we're good. See, this is what we do, improvise while podcasting. Yeah, Derek right house. now is, uh, he just pulled out. Yeah, Dude, I don't play go. those games with my He just pulled out MacBook. a delicate handkerchief out of his back pocket. I don't play those games with my MacBook. That's worth a lot of money. So and it's not even mine. That these book. three guys are not going to make the roster. I think is a really impressive and sad kind of fall from grace for them. D- Davinsky in particular. It's amazing how bad he's been this year after being one of the best relievers in baseball for two seasons. And he'll be, I, do, I think he'll be back though. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a moot point now. But it's it, uh, at the same time, it is a testament to how deep the Astros bullpen is because these three guys would be on. I'm trying to think of a. a Frankly, they would make the Red Sox roster right now because that bullpen is so uh, suspect and inconsistent. Suspect was kind. That was kind, yeah. Well, I'm also saying that because I actually can't name every reliever on their team. I'm just assuming. Kimbrell. Joke. <laughs> Psycho <laughs> Jack. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, for real, I, I, it's, it's impressive that the Astros bullpen is this deep. When you have Lance McCullers, Colin McHugh. Well, you didn't even give the respect to Tony Sipp and resurrecting his career. I, will, I was going to the multiple inning yeah, guys. I was going to say, yeah. no, it, the evolution of their bullpen is fascinating because the idea of the long man is gone. Instead, you have this bevy of multi-inning stallions, Derek. One inning from everybody, 12 pitches, and they're ready to go tomorrow. Oh, all, like, that no, but but also they're going to have. I'm saying Josh James, Lance McCullers, and Colin McHugh. I think will pitch two innings at a time. Well, it's sh- possible, but it's more so like understanding your threshold for your bullpen guys. Like there are some guys that can throw, or that can only throw like 15, 18 pitches, and then you're sure that you have them the next day. Some guys can do that with 25 or 30. Like McHugh can do that with 25 or 30 pitches. But right, for some right. guys, like. Lance, I don't think, is a back-to-back guy. Uh, you don't know because he doesn't have experience with it. You don't know if he... Like, I was a second-day soreness guy where I could throw 20, 30 pitches back-to-back days, but if you asked me to throw Friday and then Sunday, like Sunday, it was going to be horrible. And my coaches knew that, so they're like, okay, if we're going to use Derek, it's going to be... Derek Saturday played Sunday college baseball, for anybody wondering. Uh, we saw a picture earlier. Stud. Yeah. Talk about a stallion. stallion. Oh, my God. I had hair. But... <laughs> No, that's changer. the thing is you, you could very well use it's, – it's probably even a lot more comfortable for managers and bullpen guys to know, okay, you have one inning, you have 15 pitches, get in, get out, be ready for tomorrow. And that's more prevalent in a seven-game series than it is, I'd say, for the five games. Right, right. I mean, we also – let's cater it to this is a short series. They don't, they're not going to need as many pitchers. Right. I mean, I guess they're going to start Charlie Morton if you have a game four, but you don't have to, all right? All hands on deck all the time. Right. Because I think they're big league guys. Most of them can do back-to-back days pretty easily. The only question you have is Lance McCullers. You don't really know. You think he's the question mark? Well, only because he's a starter. Yeah, but I... Like, as when I was a starter... Suddenly, I'm like a Lance McCullers loyalist here. But, but, I mean, he he looked good Saturday in Baltimore. And also, also, he was really good last postseason. Yeah, I'm not discrediting But it wasn't back-to-back I'm just saying you don't know how he handles a back-to-back day. Okay, okay. When I was a starter, I didn't throw the day after I started. I got you, I got you. You know what I mean? So you don't really know... I don't think that... But they're not going to need him in back-to-back days. Probably not. What situation, unless it was it was multiple eighteen inning games? Like, they're not going to need it. They have they have so much pitching, right? That if anything, it's just going to be interesting to see who AJ Hinch chooses. Yeah. That would manager right? that that would matter for the manager down the line. And yeah, right, you said like a seven yeah, game series, right? Where everything goes to S because that's a curse word. I, I'm not going to say, right. but you guys can fill it in to poop. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like in like in against the Dodgers, where no reliever could get anybody out. Yeah. So yeah, they're not gonna. I would think they will not be so desperate to bring in somebody like Justin Verlander in the middle of a game in the DS, even if uh, the series is on the line, like it was against the Red Sox last year in Game Four. They just have so much pitching. You have more weapons. You have more reliable arms than you did last and year. And you're right. Credit where credit is due. Tony Sip has been outstanding. We'll see him against lefties. Ryan Presley has been the best reliever they ha- they've had. Um, I'm sure that. Nine tenths of the country does not know who this man is. Mm-hmm. Even nine tenths of the baseball watching part I, of the I country. Would say most Astros fans probably don't even. Most casual Astros fans. He's outstanding. He's their name. best relief pitcher. He, I think, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Since July, he's held hitters to a 174 batting average. Right. It's really remarkable. He's been outstanding, and he's really good against lefties. So. Uh, expect to see him in any situation in this game. Uh, Asuna, Roberto Asuna, for all the controversy surrounding him, 
Dude has been a lights out postseason pitcher. As a a kid at age 20 and 21, right? When he was pitching late innings for the Blue Jays in 2015 and 2016 in their playoff runs, he was awesome. Lights out. I think he only gave up a run in one of those series. In the four series he pitched, he only gave up a run in one of them. I mean, he's been really good. Yeah, Uh, he's like a, a heavier. Corey Kluber with the way he can go fastball, cut fastball, slider. Like he can all pitch out of that one window. Velocity, or? yeah. Okay. Because like he'll do arm side run with ninety six, and then cut fastball ninety two, and then slider 87, 88. I think my arm side's not great. So everything, but I'm just saying, like out of one spot, he just he has such a good mix that you know he looks hittable because he he did he used to throw harder. I feel like he used to be an upper nineties guy. I don't know, dude. He, he's money though, and and he's fun to watch. You know the the, the national broadcasts. During the postseason, without question, the moment that Roberto Osuna is brought into a game will bring up the controversy surrounding him and the domestic violence case that he had, which which settled, uh, was it two weeks ago now? Um, uh, or was yeah. last week? La- last, last Monday, week? last Tuesday. And last I week. still, I think I Peace said it, I, I think I said it at the time, I don't know if I said it on this podcast or I said it on like ESPN Waco or something, but, you know, for all the vitriol that he will stir for all of the ornery reactions from fans... Once he provides wins, once he seals wins for this team in the playoffs, it's, just, it's for real. Like the public opinion is going to sway. People are going to let it go. It's how it is. I mean, I, I, I be it fair or unfair, I'm just saying that. You know, I think we've already started to see that. Yeah, and the in, Astros, in the risk that the Astros took in betraying some of their morals to get him, um, it just it. They knew that it would be worth it if the guy won them games. If the guy sealed wins, I, he's been he's been excellent and. I really, I have no doubt that he'll be really good in the postseason. Yeah, one so, uh, and save. I'm not a fan of it still, but what? Yeah, the, because the I mean, I'm under the yeah. impression. I mean, we had guys in college get DUIs. I mean, not get good grades, and they were kicked off the team. So, like, it's understood as a privilege, and that's that's the way I see it. So we're past it. You know, I'm saying the Astros made that bed, and they're laying in it right now. Oh yeah, there's sometimes tolerance policy. Yeah, yeah, fair. All right, so, so we, we've anybody t- else in the bullpen that we forgot? No, nah, I think we've I think so. covered the most of the bullpen. But, you know, so we've covered the pitching staff. Let's talk about the offense. It's been inconsistent in September. I mean, they did go, what, 21-6, 21-7, whatever that record is. The best record in franchise history in the month of September. But Their schedule sucked. It, it sucked. They were bad in August. And they were average in August. The offense, you know, streaky at best. Yeah, I think unless... Uh, Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman, other than those two, what hitters do you expect? I mean, even ha- Bregman struggled down the last you know few weeks of the but season. But he's good. I, I've never, right, I've right. no, he's good, good. God, is he clutch and lives for big moments. So his, he'll be good. His ability to get on base this season yes. is what's amazing. Extraordinary. I'm so amazed at what he's done. Well, I mean, last year you now, There was no one who was more outspoken about how yeah. overrated Alex Bregman had been in 2017 than Derek Fogel. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll own that, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I, I, had, I did not realize... How much he like dives in? It's what do you amazing. Mean by that? Just his work ethic—it's insane, and his understanding to talk to veterans, like his love affair with Carlos Beltran. Yeah, I'd say work, you know work dividends for him. When was the last time you saw a young guy adapt to the game like him, like that I mean, quickly? Yeah, I mean, not necessarily. Like meaning, but when you say adapt, wise, meaning but like being also changed dramatically, all of the knowledge, improving from like one year to the next based on, like, studying the game, just being immersed in the game. Javier yeah. Baez. Interesting. That, yeah, I mean, why, that's an easy so. one because, like, oh, that's possible NL MVP. No, I, no I think it's a fair case. The, 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 the point is that it, you're, you're bestowing him a great compliment, which I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 but let's talk about the things that, are gonna, that, are, that probably will matter more, which is the other seven guys in the lineup. I have no idea what you're going to get from any of them. Really? No. Reddick's been good, but he's overall had it. Everyone's had a really down year, and it's easy to say just because, like, Oh, you know, they had an incredible year last season. But yeah, they like played Evan above Gattis, their potential last yeah, year. Yeah, Evan Gaddis had a, a month. Tyler White kind of had about five, six weeks. Like, it's been small spurts, but even then, they haven't been that impressive. You've lost a lot of power from Springer. You've lost all your power from Correa. Correa. And I, I know they each hit one in the final series. And Marwin is so streaky. I also, yeah. I, was talking to, I was talking to our beloved friend at The Athletic, Jake Kaplan. No mistake, Jake. And I say no mistake, Jake, because it's really amazing how correct and right he is almost all the time, even with predictions. And he said to me, 
right before the end of the season that he thinks Marwin will do well. I was like, what are you talking about? Marwin had a really bad postseason last year. And he said, I feel like Marwin is clutch. I- I've never really thought of Marwin as that kind of hitter. And I think a lot of it is tied to his incredible Game 2 home run in the World Series. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, Is, is Marwin going to be the guy to carry the middle of the offense? Um, middle of the lineup. I think it's got to be... I think you need to see Yuli step up. You know, I mean, he was a guy that came good. up in big yeah. moments. He's, he's a contact he's hitter. Also, he's always consistent, by the way. I, I, think, I think you know yeah, what you get yeah. with him. I, I, I think one thing the Astros need to do, though, is really cut down on double plays. And I don't know if that comes That's from... That's not a skill. You can't. No, no, no. But does that, does that come from maybe increasing the run game a little bit in the postseason? Yeah, and you can do you experiment with that. Yeah, you can put runners. They in do. Motion, Hinch has talked on. about that. How yeah. he does. I mean, they're very selective when they try to steal bases. When they do try to, when they do sacrifices. And by the way, I think Marwin possibly comes across as clutch to Jake because he's a switch hitter. So he's kind of Johnny on the spot, whatever you need type hitter. You know, that kind of that, that plays into his hand. Okay. He can whether. Well, what do you got, think, though? Yeah, I, I get it. He's been he was good in August quietly. He he was really bad at parts of the season. Then he got really good and carried the offense for a while. Yeah, murders the Mariners. His but see that's the other thing too is his like what makes him so valuable is he creates the ability to do double switches all over the place. You know what I mean? So I know, his, but I'm not asking that. I want to know. Do you think that he is primed for a really good postseason? That he is going to be the guy that they're going to be able to rely on after Bregman Altuve, or is he going to be just as spotty and inconsistent as anybody else in that lineup? Yeah, I'd say just as spotty because you're facing the best pitching. Right. You know that's yeah. that's the fact of the matter. For the the pitchers, they're facing the best hitters, and for the hitters, they're facing the best pitchers. So yeah. you're going to have to trim the fat on those bad at bats that have happened here and there. That's that everybody's had. Like no, that's not exclusive to anybody, except for maybe Altuve. Although he struck out more than he has. No, he's hurt again. I yeah. the, every, Hinch always likes to say that guy, during this time of year, guys are always playing hurt. Uh, it's true. Not last season. Right. It's true. Their season. lineup last season, going to the postseason, was healthy. Untouched. Yeah. So, no, it's not true that, you know, that all these guys are banged up. Well, like, I guess Carlos Correa had the thumb last so, year. So what is the key for but the No, act- but his last – hold on. I, I'm not, I just, this needs to be – I want this point to really sink. Although Carlos Correa missed time because of injury last year, do you know that his best stretch of the season was the final week? Yeah. He batted in his final, I think, more in his final eight or nine games. Like he batted seventy something. Batted five sixty. Oh, wow. No, he was on effing fire to end the season last year. So no, don't tell me that you know, Hinch. I'm saying you know, don't put out there that guys are always playing hurt this time of year. It is a huge problem for this team. It is in fact the only weakness. It is the only weakness for this team. Who would have the thought health, that the run differential is low because the pitching so right. good? Yes. Right. And I think it's going to be glaring in this postseason. I, 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 do have, I do have confidence that their starting pitching is actually going to continue to carry them, and it's going to be the reason that they beat other teams. But why would, why would we think that suddenly George Springer is going to hit more home runs, Carlos Correa is going to hit more home runs, or whatever, more extra base hits? Um, this is a huge problem for them. I don't know how they're going to generate, you know, they're going to string together beginnings, how they're going to come up with, Multiple guys on the beast, then come through with a big home run. Because most of the beginnings that we've seen in the last few weeks have been against lesser talented teams. Oh my god! Yeah, not teams Indians, that were playing not for nothing. Sox, not the A's. It's nice that they got not their the bats Yankees. going because obviously they had to at some point. Right. But dude, like, I, it's a huge problem for them. That's why I don't know how much I value George's home run or Carlos's home run. Like, it's good for them confidence wise, no doubt. But oh, I mean, uh, meaning uh, in, in, in the, the regular past, season, yeah, in the yeah, past yeah. week yeah. or the last week of the regular season, because. Right you knew what they were doing up there. They were both swinging for just that to try to get their confidence back, and they ran into one. You're not going to see that. Guys are going to pitch to your weaknesses more than their own strengths right. because they have to get the out right. or they're going to get the axe. So, the, I don't know. I Correa should not be high, any higher than sixth in the lineup. You're going to leave George there me. because he was – yeah, it's a crazy thought. But, George, you're still going to put in the leadoff because, you know – It'll come back to the argument. We, of, we well, he what, did this last year. We he know could what blow their lineup, and also we know what their lineup. What Hinch likes to do with this lineup. It's like, going to come not, down to Yuli and Bregman, and possibly Tyler White, which is that's crazy to me. That's he's your DH. Evan Gaddis yeah. hasn't hit since June. Yeah, he had a nice June that carried out <laughs> a whole season. But that's that. You know, facts are facts. It sounds cruel, but he was good in June. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, I think I think one guy that's impressed me a lot this year, uh, Maldonado. 
Oh what, my what, God, what, he, so what he's good. done defensively. And then, you know, even offensively, he's had an uptick in his production from, you know, his time in, uh, in, in L.A. this he year. He can kill the run game, too. My gosh. Big, he's big got weapon. a cannon. Yeah. And how, how much does that help the, the starters, giving them confidence, you know, not having to worry about the guy on first, getting that big lead? Well, you still need to control the run game. That's one thing that they will do. And, like, there's kind of this acceptance, like, okay, he's a burner, so he might get it anyway. But when you have someone like Maldonado behind the plate, it really helps. The thing that I think goes unsung for him is, like, his just flat out, his work back there, his size, which this is something you, you can't get from Max Stassi. You actually could get from Evan Gaddis just because they're bigger. These huge guys like that, they can control the strike zone better and get calls better purely just because they're so big. Like it's something. It's hard to explain. They just can. They they like engulf the strike zone. Just, so is it just like pitch receiving? Or? Yeah. Like they since they're so much bigger, they can get calls because they don't have to move so much further side to laterally side to side on to get the corners. They can still center themselves more, and then it it doesn't look like if they're trying to bring something back to a corner, since they're so wide and they didn't move that far, they can just bring it back and they don't it's it doesn't they don't reach outside their body like it's it's intangible max stassi can't do that although he is really good also in pitch framing we haven't spoken too much about the indians lineup i'm sort of thinking back to it. we talked a lot yeah. about their pitching um Lador ramirez and carnacion whatever they're gonna do is what i mean kipnis is their nine spot so like I, he's not what he was two years yeah, ago. Yeah, we talk about the Astros being streaky. I mean, the Indians have been just as streaky offensively. And also dealing with just as many injuries. Right. So, I mean, these teams, we mentioned it earlier, they're almost mirrors of each other. They're really similar, yeah. It, it, it's crazy. Who do we think is going to win? I'm, I'm, I'm biased hometown team. I, I got Astros in five. Uh, you know, there's part of me that thinks, like, the Indians are just so due to finally break out in an October. And, like, they almost had it against the Cubs. They Why would this be the year, year, though? The year when they're less healthy, less because deep? four starters with over 200 strikeouts. Like, aside from, you know, you want to say, okay, they're not as healthy, but just flat out, like, they are striking guys I, I, out. I get that. I get that. So I, they I, know I, what I, to I do. I do want to ask you that, though. Because of the imbalanced schedule in Major League Baseball, you have this team that won what 90 91 games I think like 87 games no they were 86 yeah uh, they did it against terrible competition they were and they were so unhealthy you, you have all these year. numbers that are inflated like 200 strikeouts 200 innings whatever how much is that due to talent i, I know they're talented but how much is it playing to the white Sox, the royals I mean, just terrible competition. Yeah, I can respect that argument, but you still have to do it. I mean, the Royals yeah. nearly swept the Astros at home at Minute Maid. So, you know, you want to discredit just because they're bad teams, and I get that, but something's working aside from just the pitches themselves. Like, they've figured something out in the way the Astros kind of have in the direction they've given Ryan Presley or Justin Verlander or Garrett Cole and how they're pitching. That's what I would say. Because if you have that many, I mean, Clevenger's not a strikeout guy. Not until this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that tells me something. So, you know, I want to say the Indians break out, but I think I picked in April that the Astros would repeat. And even though their offense is going to struggle, it's going to have to find a way. All right. Who's the, f- who's the fourth really 200? Was, was Clevenger the f- Is Bauer a 200 strikeout guy? Yep. So is Carrasco the one that's, yep. that's not a 200? No, he is. No, four is, wait. Carrasco, Kluber, Clevenger. Bauer, Bauer. sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, All right, good. so I've got Astros in five. What's your prediction? Yeah, it's got to go five, but Astros in five. Okay. Although, wait a minute. Last time, I think I wait after you just said the way you just said the Indians are trying to break yeah, out. But I don't, I wait, have to stick. you can't just say they're trying to with break his out from back in April. You got to yeah, respect I, that. But then at the same time, last season, I'm pretty sure I picked against the Astros each time, and then they won a World Series. And I would like to cover another World Series. So should I pick the Indians? <laughs> this is we're going on superstition now. This is not going down to <laughs> analytics. Do what's right. <sighs> No, make, then I make, should make I, Houston proud. No, I should repeat then what I did last time, last season on the last postseason. Because it's in your best interest to cover a World Series, right? So you want to reverse jinx? Yes. So I'll say Indians. Yeah. <laughs> Indians. And even, how though many? I, even though I just said Astros, I'll say Indians and five. Okay. But really, that means Astros. But that really means Astros and five. Yeah, I think that um, I'm just going to be unconventional in a way to respect the the pure chaos of the postseason. I'm going Astros and four. Okay. Like last season. Yeah, I just, I, because, and what I, I think is that, you know, something unpredictable will happen in one of those first two games that's going to probably undercut the Indians, I think. Um, and then I just, I really believe in A.J. Hinch. 
for him to get so aggressive in game four last year, and I know we were just kind of ragging on the bullpen of last year, right? We know what happens in the end. But Hinch understood so early, right, in, in the evolution of his team in the postseason, what he could and could not accomplish, that he brought in Justin Verlander in the fifth inning of game four, right? Had a chance to seal it up, and he went for it. That kind of aggressive managing, not over-managing, that kind of aggressive managing to push your players, the best players you have, I really loved it. I, and I think that as talented and deep as this roster looks right now, I don't know. I, I, think, I, I think I can say what I'm going to say on a podcast. I think this is not inappropriate language. He's got the balls to like throw Justin Verlander when he, whenever he has to. Yeah. And I think he's going to have the balls, too. Here's a scenario I could see, okay? Astros win the first two games somehow. Maybe it's a, like a, just a war that goes 20 innings. It's like two extra inning games. I don't care. If they're up in game three, right? Keiko lefty, he's going to have to go through. I can't think of their, the Indians lineup right now, but let's say they have like a string of powerful righties, right? Encarnacion, Brantley's a switch. Lindor's switch. Like basically, at some point, Keiko, right, third time through the lineup. I say he brings in Charlie Morton. I think he brings in Charlie Morton in Game 3 to go against the, the third time through the lineup to ensure a victory. I'm wondering you know? what Charlie Morton's going to do, though, because he hasn't ran it past 95 miles an hour since he's... That's not true. In that last start, he touched 96, oh, yeah, right? He? Yeah, yes. he did. But he okay. went three innings. His, his, no, he went three innings. Yeah, he said after the game that he felt a little bit better. Uh, his first few pitches were like 92, 93, but then he said that he relaxed a little bit. His velocity went Look, up a little bit. let's say he completes... F- Again, you don't need to... Stop. Hold on, hold on. By the way, this you don't is need like to worry the third straight Cascade song that we've heard. <laughs> we are I, recording I'm, live. I'm so impressed yeah. that you know that. I know too much EDM. I mean, I think... Right. I think Hijack the Yeah, well, at this table right now, there are two, only two of us have never done Molly, so... We won't say who. <laughs> yeah, we won't say who. But to recognize this is a Cascade song, Austin, big props to you, bro. That makes me a suspect. Listen, they don't need Charlie Morton to go deep into a start in the first round. You don't need that. You can have him be short. That's why I yeah. think you might be able to see him, you know, in game three or something. But I'm just wondering what he's going to do. He was 95, All right, so he 96 plus. He can throw three good innings, well, right, and I'm maybe just... he even throws four strong innings. Right. And then you go to Lance McCullers, Colin McHugh, Josh James, like totally we said possible, before. But you have no idea what you're going to get from him at this point. He's That's not true. You don't have no idea. No, you don't have no idea. You don't have the utmost confidence in him as you did when the hashtag CFM was owning you know, Astros yeah, Twitter in the probably. beginning part of the season. But that's okay. That's okay. All right, so Charlie Morton right now is not at his peak. To get through that first round, that's all I'm limiting this to. They are good. They are loaded. They are deep. Charlie Morton can enter the middle of a game. Hell, let's get even crazier. Let's say, let's say in game one, for whatever reason, Justin Verlander, maybe it's an injury or whatever, has to leave the middle of the game. Do you go to Lance McCullers, Josh James, or F it? Do you go to Charlie Morton in the middle of that game? I totally could see Hinch doing that. So his aggressive managing style, to me, I, I think that that's what's going to win the uh, Astros the series sooner than five games. All right, so we've got an insane amount of background noise going on right now. Uh, so let's go ahead and wrap this that's thing up. That's us running a buzzsaw through yeah. all of our uh, Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. <laughs> I've got Astros in five. You've got Astros in five. Or no, you have. I'm sorry. Uh, Derek Indian, has Indians, Indians in five. five. That's right. Wink, James. wink. Yeah. Hunter, you've got Astros in four. Uh, I w- really quickly don't have to go into an explanation. What is your World Series prediction? Oof. Okay, there's what I want, and then there's what I think will happen. I think it will be Red Sox, Brewers. What I would like for it to be. You want Astros, Rockies? I do. That's so weird. Ugh, what an ugly I sounding. I, I would scene. love to go to Denver. <laughs> oh, you're going to Denver? Uh, I, mean, I, I went to LA last year. Why, why stop there? Right. I said at the beginning, the Rockies are going to be an incredibly exciting team to watch. That lineup could hit a million home runs. All right, d- d- Hunter. Statcast has it at a million. What do That's you think? Totally real numbers. I do think that the Astros make it to the World Series. I do not think they win it. Um, I just, I have to admit, I don't know the NL well enough. I really don't. Like, I, I just haven't. I don't know them deep enough to know who can survive the gauntlet of the postseason. Um, but I, I, let me, I think the Astros are better than the Indians by a little bit. I think that they can get to the Red Sox if the Red Sox advance because the Red Sox bullpen is such crap. So terrible. Yeah. Dude, they're just going to run that. They're, really, they're going to feast on the Red Sox after their starters leave. Um, I just worry that they can hit better than the Astros. Although, dude, I, 
people, I, this is going to sound crazy, I actually really think people are sleeping on the Yankees. They're way healthier than people give them credit for. They have every player available. But they have to, to get them. past the A's. They have 20 home runs up and down. Yeah. So uh, meaning, 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 like, meaning it's the first time in history that yeah. the one through nine spots in the lineup have hit 20 home runs. So I think the Yankees are actually really dangerous if they can get out of that first game and get past the Red Sox. Anyway, I do, but still, I pick the Astros to get to the World Series. <sighs> Just give me a team in the NL. Rockies or Brewers? The Brewers are incredibly overconfident, and the starting pitching is so, is like okay. Yeah, but they're incredibly overconfident. <laughs> which um, is what matters? You know what? I'm going with Derek. I think Rockies over Astros in the World Series. Wow, really? that'd be that'd be pretty cool because it'd be their first yeah. title. By the way, I can't wait till we record this in a week and the Rockies have been swept. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like Dodgers and Yankees. Yeah, yeah. or Dodgers and A's. Dodgers, yeah. All right. So I, I think I'm, I'm going to go. Oh my and God, make... Dodgers Athletics would be so disappointing. I, I, I would like it. 88, 89? 89. 88 was the Mets. Yeah. Wait. No. No, that would be the Mets, Dodgers, and the NLCS. I'm just going to say yes to whatever. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I'm going to go. I, I, I want it to be the Braves. The baby Braves, oh. just all that young talent against the Astros. Their I, pitching's I, not deep. Right, I know, I know. I think it's going to be the Astros out of the AL and the Brewers out of the NL. Okay. Going with that overconfidence. They're fun to watch, the Brewers. Good energy. Yeah. To quote um, our friend Michael Bauman of The Ringer, Christian Yelich has big stick energy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on, yeah. that note, on that note, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, you guys are on Twitter. Hunter Atkins 35, Fogel said what? Uh, follow them for full coverage of the postseason. Uh, and also, any specific- anybody who's listening, interact with us on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. We are bored. <laughs> we are so bored. I don't think I've long- tweeted in like a week. Me neither. All right. So, I mean, what, what are you guys doing like coverage-wise for the, uh, the postseason? Oh, I will be there all the time. And you got a radio show on 610, right? That's right. The Shift. You can check out the podcast of that on uh, on my Twitter. Oh, look at that. At Fogel said what? That's right. Hunter, what do you and the Chronicle have coming up? I'm going to be at every game, too. In all likelihood, I, I'll be writing probably about the opposing team, I think. And that's in all honesty. Like, we have so many, we have so many people from the Houston Chronicle. During covering. the games, I'm going to be tweeting a lot about the pitching, I think. Awesome. I don't think I'll be able to help myself. Can you, you shouldn't. Can you maybe uh, up your GIF game for Stallions this year? <sighs> See, I don't want to just do that, though, because <laughs> it's so. I, I'm going to be really interested in just the way they choose to attack hitters. Because... Yeah. You're gonna have to break your scouting. You know, you know who we need to give a shout out to, who has become an essential resource for us in our coverage is Darren Wilman of Baseball Savant. Shout out to Darren Wilman. He's gotten a few shout outs on here in the past. At Darren Dub, W. Good stuff. He no, I just real. He's become an indispensable resource for us yeah. in understanding. He, he, he's also a great follow on, on Twitter, Twitter as well, yeah. especially like when he breaks down like. The spray charts and he's you know, great. He Follow him. Them. Great Tweet stuff. at us. Talk to us. Bug us. Annoy me, please. Done. I'm lonely and bored. Done and done. Well, Hunter, Derek says that on my dating profile too. <laughs> Appreciate you guys stopping by. Give him a follow on Twitter throughout the Astros postseason. Hunter Rackets 35. And then Fogel said what? Austin, where can people find you? A Staten or VP America? And but, drunk <laughs> off your butt. Not quite. At, not quite. Yes. Oh, during the playoffs? Yes. yes of course. Yeah. Of course. But anyways, my name's Austin Staten. Follow us on social media at Weekly Brewcast. On behalf of my co-host this week, Hunter Atkins, Derek Fogel, we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to The Weekly Brews.